Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And as always, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. Well, today's episode is one that I've been excited about for a couple weeks now. And basically, as soon as the COVID-19 crisis hit, I feel like all of us were plunged into a world of digital communication that we had never delved into that deep. And I know for me personally, all of a sudden, I found that I was actually busier than I was before the crisis. I'm getting Zoom invites left and right. There's webinars everywhere. I'm getting asked to teach them. I'm being asked to watch them. And it was a lot. Now, for me, I realized real quickly that communicating on Zoom or GoToMeeting or whatever platform you want to use is not exactly the same as communicating in real life. And so the theme of today's episode is is really answering the question, how do you communicate digitally in a way that connects with your audience and gives them value? And I was really excited to track down this guest. So Ryan is somebody that I met through happenstance just a few weeks ago, and I found out that he does webinar trainings for a living. And I selfishly reached out to him and just said, hey, I'm starting to do more webinars. It's a lot different than teaching in person. Can you just share with me some best practices? And afterwards, it just hit me that we got to get this guy on the podcast and share with our audience, what are the best practices to win communication digitally, right? If you're on Zoom or GoToMeeting, whatever the channel is, what are the things you need to take advantage of to deliver value and set yourself apart from everybody else right now? Now, what's also cool about this is that Ryan also happens to be a leadership expert and he hosts a daily podcast that's called Rise with Ryan, R-Y-S-E with Ryan. And it's an awesome, short, daily podcast that I've gotten a lot of value from and I hope that you guys do too. So at the end of this, what I want you guys to take away is the fact that, that yeah, we're in the middle of COVID-19. But this tidal wave of digital communication is not going away. So think about what do I need to take away right now to connect with my customers digitally? Whether you're a manufacturer or a distributor and you're putting on webinars for your customers or whether you're an individual retailer and you're scheduling one-on-one Zoom calls instead of going out to do in-home visits with your customers. Either way, it's more important than ever that you master digital communication And I think this conversation is going to give you a ton of value. So with all that said, we'll circle back at the end and talk about it. But in the meantime, I hope that you guys enjoy my conversation with Ryan. Joining me from Charlotte, North Carolina is Ryan Borowski. Ryan is a sales trainer in the insurance space for Liberty Mutual and the host of the Rise with Ryan podcast. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. And uh, that intro got much cooler with Liberty's commercials because every time I say I work for Liberty, the jingle goes on in the background, Uh, but doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I'm excited that you're here today and I think this is going to be a great conversation. I'm thinking about this and it's actually a funny story how we connected. So we, we have not met physically, but we have been a part of group Zoom calls with random people on the internet that didn't know each other. That's literally how we met. But We'll leave that aside for just a second. I, I'd like for you to share with our audience, what exactly is it that you do for a living? Yeah, absolutely. The way you described the Zoom call was hilarious, by the way. And that is like, that's the reason we're here. So I'm <laughs> so excited to get into that. Uh, so a little bit about me. 
Uh, I work full-time for Liberty Mutual as an insurance sales trainer in our commercial insurance space. I run a program that goes four times a year, and it's, I say, fully virtual. There's one week that's in person. And that's what I'll be sharing with you today with is how, how to effectively train virtually and run virtual calls. Uh, in addition to that, I have a huge passion for personal development. Uh, and anytime I learn something new, I just have the urge to share it. And I was telling you a little bit before we got going here, all good things in my life have happened on the other side of knowledge, of learning something. And so the Rise with Ryan podcast came about by learning and then wanting to share. So every single day I'll produce a podcast with short tips. You know, they're five minutes max usually. And it's uh, just some knowledge that you can use to get your mindset right and get your day going. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. I've listened to some of those and and I love that. It's just, it's a quick hit of energy in the mornings to focus and clarify what you're going to do for the day. And and I feel like what's cool is you're, you're somebody that has helped me a lot. I, I reached out to you a few weeks back with just some help on like best practices for how do I do webinars more effectively because I'm all of a sudden thrust in this space. You're literally an expert on video meetings. And I want to just start out by asking, why now more than ever is that skill set of, of understanding and navigating a virtual meeting so important? Well, it's huge. I think we all know because we're recording this during the COVID crisis. And anything we do in life, I always say even on my podcast, uh, there's shoulds and then there's must. And sometimes our shoulds get met, but our must always get met. And I think this virtual learning and virtual connection space was always a should. It was, hey, we should do that, right? I think it's going to cost our company. <laughs> or I think it'll save our company some money uh, because going out and meeting in person, whether it's training or in person, traveling and, and sales, it costs more. It was a should. And then this happened where we literally are in isolation and it turned into a must. And with anything in life, when something turns from a should to a must, it's game on because you're yeah. going to find a way to make it work. Now, as part of that process, and we'll talk about it, it's new to a lot of people and you shouldn't be expected to be an expert right away. I've been in this role for three years. I went through certification programs, so it's taken some time. But I think that's the biggest thing is now it's a must. Now you may be thinking, well, is this only relevant during COVID? Will it go back to a should after? It may to a degree but I think a lot of companies are going to see the benefits of it. Connecting virtually, like I talked about with the cost, um, being able to reach more people is a really good benefit of this as well. It's here to stay. It's just yeah. about who is going to master the virtual space. I'm with you 100%. And, and we've talked about this just a little bit in the past. So, so I quit a, a very stable job on April 1st, right? Great timing. And at the, at, at the time, I had all these speaking engagements lined up across the country. I was excited. It was going to be a great start to me, start jumping into my own business. And all of a sudden, COVID hits, everything gets canceled. And, and so these start getting converted into webinars. And I learned very quickly that connecting with people through a video call, it's not the same as real life. Why is that? Well, I think it's a couple of things. One, we're not used to it. So when we're not comfortable with something, it's always going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. It's like when you go into the gym and you try something for the first time, <laughs> it's ugly, it's uncomfortable, and you hurt afterwards. That makes me <laughs> feel so you, good that it's not just me. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And then you go through it again. And what was cool about this whole entire thing is uh, – the family connections and the virtual happy hours and people started doing it in their personal time. And that changed the way that they handled their professional time. So then they would go and have those reps. And it's like anything else, the more reps you get, the more natural it feels to see somebody through video. And I think we've seen that in just a short amount of time, 30 days or so. 
So then again, the question comes into, you know, how are you going to use it regularly to keep that up? Because the second you get off of it, you're going to lose that ability to get on there and be comfortable and be natural. And that's so important when it comes to delivering a message or training others effectively through Zoom. Yeah. And, I, and I sure, I'm sure you relate to this as, as you train people for a living, but it, when you're in front of a group, you can see reactions, you, you can kind of feed off of the vibe of the room. And, and it seems like in a, in a web space, it, it wouldn't be that different, but it is. I, I had a friend different. that was going to be, <laughs> yeah, I had a friend that was asked to do a webinar and he asked me about it. And, and this is after I'd, I'd spent some time talking with you and, and, and I've been, you know, running three to five of these a week myself. And I was telling him, you know, webinars are amazing, but it's harder than it is in, in real life. And if you want to practice what doing a webinar is like, go to a blank wall in your house, stand six inches in front of it, and just start giving your presentation. Because <laughs> that's basically what it feels like, right? We have hacks around that. We will make <laughs> it feel like that. I'm not going to say it's the same as in person because you're right. I think body language is huge. Yeah. Uh, but there's things that you can do to control your environment that that will help you realize that there is a pulse on the other end of the line. Now, if it is a group of 500 people, yes, you may be like, hey, we're doing a mass mute and we're just going to speak and we're going to end the call. So that could be a possibility. But if it is going to be a training or something you want back and forth on, we'll throw some hacks out there for people so they don't feel like they're speaking to the wall. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's where I want to go next. So I, I have two different questions for you for kind of two different kinds of businesses. So first off in the fireplace space, many of the B2B companies, I'm thinking about like manufacturers or distributors in our space. Once COVID hit, they jumped right out into a regular rhythm of webinars and miscellaneous content they were putting out for their customers. So if that's the boat you're in. You're, you're putting out webinars regularly and you, and you weren't doing that before. What are ways that you can engage people like you're talking about? and not make it where you're just staring at the wall with with no response back? Well, I think a big part of that is the design of the training or the design of the message. So you want to make sure when you go through and you create some type of message or training for those customers that you're doing it with the mindset of, I want to engage people. Now, if you look at best practices in the learning space online, it says you should engage people every three to five minutes, which sounds insane. That's, I mean, think about that three to five minutes. So I heard that when I was going through a certification program and I thought, I'm not doing that. That's not realistic. But when you look at the tools online to engage people, it doesn't mean you have to say, Hey, Tim, are you following? Yes. There are many different tools to do that. So what we do is we build in engagement through our PowerPoint slides. So there may be a slide that is a whiteboard. And if you have a smaller group of people, you can utilize a whiteboard or you can pull up a whiteboard in Zoom and you can get people typing on the whiteboard. Or, you know, the chat box is a really good feature to get people engaged. Here's the biggest thing, and I don't know if this is correct, but this is something that I've always believed in. When people are on the other side of a virtual webinar, there's so much stuff they could be doing. Literally, they could be doing anything. Yeah. And to me, I think, how do I capture their attention right here? And I even get to the point where if there's a sidebar conversation going on in chat, that is relevant, but it's maybe like, hey, Tim, uh, where are you located? And there's just a conversation going. In my mind, I'm like, okay, eyes are on the screen. I at least have their attention here. Now, what do I do with that? So we use things like chat. We use things like emojis. We use whiteboards, all different things, breakout sessions, things to make sure that three to five minutes, there's a pulse, that they're here. And then the other part to that, and I'll probably just end up going down a rabbit hole that makes no sense. But, but backing up a little bit is setting expectations. 
Now, again, throw this away if you're doing one to 500 and you don't want to hear a noise on that line because you just want to get a message across. It won't apply as much. You could always keep the chat open. Uh, but if you have like a smaller group that you really want to have engagement with, that's when you have to set those expectations of, hey, we're, this is going to be an engaging webinar. You're here today. You're here today to share. You're here today to participate. We want to hear your experience. Everybody write this down. Every adult learner wants to share their experience everybody. So how do you let them share their experience throughout that entire time? How often does it come up? And how do you also manage from not sharing too much? Because sometimes people love to share so much that they could take the class over. But that's a big takeaway that I got, especially with adult learning, which is what this will essentially end up being, even if it's a sales call, uh, you want to get them engaged and get them to hear what, uh, you know, get them to share what they know. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. I'm thinking I was on a webinar a while back that a manufacturer was doing and they had someone from the company that was very high up giving a presentation. And one of the things I noticed was that at the very beginning of the presentation, his webcam was on. And after about 30 seconds, he said, oh, you know, I'm going to turn this thing off. I don't think that you guys need to see me. You can just look at the slides. And he turned it off. And the second he did that, I'm like, he just lost the audience. Like, I mean, I, I felt like, yeah, he's in his house hanging out in a chair, but like, you know what? That's, it's a real person. When I'm watching that, I feel like there's a real person there. And, and you've talked to me about this, Ryan, about your goal in a webinar is to eliminate the technology. And when you're yes. hearing a, 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 a random voice with PowerPoint slides, the only thing you have to look at is the technology. There's no human to human connection, right? Absolutely. And that's something that I feel I struggled with a ton in the beginning. And if you're listening to this right now and thinking, okay, I either need to start doing webinars or I've done them. What are some things that I may not be noticing? It's very likely that you're referring to technology. Why does that matter? It matters because people have assumptions that you can't learn virtually as well as you can in person. Now, some of those may be validated, but we know that there are a lot of re- there's a lot of proof that you can learn well virtually. If you refer and when you refer to technology, it reminds the person on the other side that, oh, this is a virtual call. And they don't feel like they're in that environment. So one way to do that is, yeah, if you turn off your camera, for at least if you're not comfortable on camera, at least do an introduction and then maybe turn it off. But you got to have that level of engagement. It's audio is one way. Video is a whole nother level of engagement. So to make sure you have that. The other thing is, I'm going to start yelling. I hope I don't blow out your speakers. <laughs> the other thing is when you're going to share a screen or when you're going to change a slide, if we were sitting and you were speaking to him, you would be in front of the entire group. You'd have the PowerPoint clicker and you would just move it, right? You'd move to the next slide. You wouldn't say, okay, everybody, now I'm going to move on to the next slide. (laughs) You may, but not, not every single slide. But when we're doing that virtually, we're uncomfortable and we feel like we need to tell the audience what we're doing. So we say, hey, we're going to move to the next slide. And just little things like that make the person feel like, okay, this is an online classroom. It's a little bit different. The other thing is if you ask for emojis, I do this when I train, Hey, give me a green check. If you're comfortable just to do a little check-in. And then I say, I'm going to clear out all the green checks. And I'm like, Ryan, why would you tell them you're clearing out the checks? Just do it. And I know you're probably thinking like, why does this matter? This is such minor details, but it's all about making the culture feel like this is an in-person classroom. And anytime you look at technology and refer to technology. It's like deposits in the doubt bank account. Like yeah. they, doubt it, they doubt it more, it reminds them more. So that's a good point that you bring that up. Wow. 
No, that's really good. I love that clarification. So, okay, that's that's going to be helpful if you're a, a big company running webinars for a lot of people. Let's let's go to a more micro level now. So, so if you're listening to this and you're a retailer, you, you had a retail showroom where you're used to working face-to-face with customers. Now mm-hmm. your doors are closed, you're practicing social distancing, and the way that you're going to connect with customers is through like a one-on-one video call to check out their space to see if a fireplace is going to work for them. I want to ask you, if you're in that situation, what are things you can do to make someone feel comfortable if we're just in like a one-on-one conversation? This is going to sound crazy because it's completely different than what I just talked about, but I would address the elephant in the room. It's weird, right? Like it is, this is weird to have to do like one-on-ones with somebody virtually. So I think that in that scenario, it's okay because you're, it's a different conversation. You want to bring light to it. You want to have some, and you want to have humor and training too, but you could just call it out. This isn't something that we're used to doing, right? And, and you could walk through that. So I would say that doesn't hurt to call it out. And then the other thing I would say is don't lose who you are in that virtual connection. At the end of the day, you still want to connect with that person just like you would in person. I know that yeah. simplifies it so much, but so often we psych ourselves out and we're thinking, well, is my internet good? Am I on mute? And all of this background noise changes how we act. It changes how we communicate with people and it's not as effective. So the, and the other part of that is you have to just do it because until you have success doing that, you're always going to have doubt. And when you have doubt and you're trying to communicate a message or communicate effectively, it's difficult to <laughs> get that message across effectively. Yeah. So if you get a win, it's like anything else. If you just get a small win and you say, wow, that meeting went well, then you can get another win and another win. And like we talked about earlier, that momentum, like if it's in the gym, you get a small win, that momentum will build up over time. And then all of a sudden you build up this belief that, wow, not only can I prospect in person, can I meet someone in person, but I can also do it virtually. Then you start to ask yourself better questions because then you're like, okay, if I meet in person this day, how much more can I scale virtually? And it just broadens your experience on everything that you can do. So I'm not saying this is the only way to go. I love in-person interactions for all those reasons that you listed, but how awesome would it be for you and your business if you can master both of those? Come on. Yeah. That's no, huge. I'm with you. That That is really good. And, and what it's making me think about is like, I love in a, in a one-on-one meeting, just call out the elephant in the room and just make a joke. Yeah, this is weird that we're talking over the phone, you know, over the video call versus being in the showroom, whatever it is. Because I think you might feel nervous about this, but your customer does too. Because they're not used to getting on a random Zoom call with a salesperson. Like, that's Nobody is. My wife works in the school system, man. They're all uncomfortable. Like, it's just, we're all in the same boat right now. So anyways... No, I'm with you, and I and I think that I think that calling it out it builds common ground when you can both realize, oh man, this is weird for both of us. Now you're moving to the same side of the table. We can focus on the problem, which is your house needs a fireplace. And if we can come on the same side of the table and make the problem the fireplace, the problem is no longer you're a salesperson that might be trying to screw me. So I'm going to be micro analyzing everything. Instead, we're acknowledging common ground. Hey, we're trying to figure this out together. Let's jump on the same side of the table and knock out this problem. We'll get back to our conversation with Ryan Borowski in just one minute. Hey, if you've been listening to this season of the podcast, you know that now more than ever, we have to connect with our customers digitally. 
Now, as businesses are slowly starting to open back up across the country, we're trying to figure out where our value proposition lies because we can't count on customers coming back into our doors right away. A lot of people are either sheltering in place by force or by choice. And the point is that we have to go to them. Now, one thing we need to realize that every company is involved with is called the invisible sale. This is a term that Tom Martin coined, and he says that the invisible sale is where digitally empowered buyers are making key purchasing decisions before your company ever knows they're in the market. Well, the truth of the matter is that most companies in our industry are losing the invisible sale because of their website. We've talked about this before, but when a customer goes to your website, they've got two fundamental questions. Which options are going to work in my space? And how much is it going to cost? Well, if you want a solution that patches those holes in your websites and connects with customers, you've got to check out Wi-Fire. Wi-Fire is a simple sales system designed to do three things. Patch the holes in your website so that nothing leaks through the cracks. Tighten up your showroom experience so that you make the most of every opportunity. And track all of your jobs in one spot so that you and your team can stay as effective as possible. You know, the truth is for the last eight years, business has been so good, it's just been a matter of riding the tidal wave. But the tide has gone back out and it's more important than ever that we are making the most of every opportunity that we have. If you want to take control of your business in the midst of the COVID crisis, you need to check out wifire.com. That's W-H-Y-F-I-R-E.com. So here's one of the things that I would say, bring it back to the group setting. If you're sitting here and you're thinking... What's the one thing I can do such by doing it makes my online and virtual training as good as it can be. Here's a hack that I've used and it's not even a hack. It's just being a good person. When you launch a call, just like you would on your individual sales call, you call out every single person by first name. Now, if you have 50, 60 people on the call, you can't do this. I typically have around max 25. Uh, And I really try to get to everybody and hopefully if I can get a response from everybody. So I get on a little bit earlier And I say, Tim, how's it going? How are things out in Oregon? Right? Oh, they're good. Weather's good. And you could could talk through that and then have some small talk. What you're doing is just what you're saying. That guard comes down. Because everybody feels isolated if they're sitting in an office with 25 people on this call. Nobody feels like they're comfortable enough to just jump out. So you have that conversation. And then someone else hears, oh, Tim's from Oregon, right? So let me go ahead and talk to somebody else or let me go ahead and reach out to him. So I would say that'd be the number one thing. Write this down, uh, engage with every single person by their first name and ask them how they're doing if you have time. If you don't have time, you have to acknowledge everybody in the classroom. So you see the participant panel. And if I get through five people and I look at the time, I'm like, it's time to go. Then I would just rattle off the names and say, hey, I hope you all are doing just fine here today. Thanks so much for joining. And every single time you do that, the guard comes down, the guard comes down, and then they're likely to participate and engage more that's when those calls can become valuable. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so I want to shift here. I want to ask you about leadership because I know that this is something you're passionate about. So years ago, people would scoff at the idea of connecting with other people through non-physical means, but but we're seeing it happen every day. This this you know weekly call that me and you met on is like evident that it's, it's evidence that we can connect with people digitally. So we're in the midst of a crisis right now. Everybody is being disrupted. So if you're someone listening to this podcast, chances are you're a leader in some kind of capacity. And I want to ask you, what what can we be doing as leaders through the digital tools available to us to reach other people during this crisis? What, sh- what should we be doing? Well, a couple of things. Like you said, uh, years ago, people would scoff at the idea. I would say even a month ago, 
people <laughs> of connecting like this virtually as a leader. It, again, it's going to sound very simple, but I heard this. It was again on one of our calls and it's someone said, if you believe what you really believe, how would you act? And people can smell through BS. And if you're a leader and you're like, oh, virtual is important, virtual is important, but you're not acting. And what I mean by acting is you're not utilizing it. You're not showing that you're embracing technology. How do you expect others to embrace technology? So as a leader, as with anything, I think the best thing you could do is utilize the technology that you're preaching to others to use and utilizing it in a way to where they look at you and say, wow, if they're using it, I can use it. And I think a lot of times leaders will say, here's what you need to do, but they won't back that up with the action. And it's incongruent with their message. And anytime a message is incongruent, people aren't going to follow that with that strength and that passion that needs to be there uh, in an organization. So as a leader, I would say that would be the first thing is let's make sure you're embracing it. Let's make sure that you're letting others see you utilize it. Now, in addition to that, you can get into so many different strategies. I mean, there's a lot of great companies out there that utilize virtual training to scale their sales models uh, and to scale so many different things. So I guess here's what I would say. There's a lot of companies right now that are developing new products because of this. And so this isn't even just over the camera. This is if you're in your, you know, in your boardroom or if you're in a uh, room with your leadership team, let's talk about how can we utilize technology to reach more people? And just open up that question and then test it. Just try it. And I've heard many success stories of companies right now launching new products that are actually going to earn more revenue for them during COVID than before COVID even started. And it's it's because they've the, the should became a must and they started to ask themselves better questions. And our results that we get in life are a direct reflection of the questions that we ask ourselves. And when we ask higher level questions about how can we connect digitally, we'll have better solutions. Wow. And that has changed the perspective and the future of so many companies. But it starts at the top. You have to be will- I'm reading Bob Iger's book right now, uh, The Ride of a Lifetime. Man, he is so, I-, I thought Disney Plus, that came out. That was something that they just followed Netflix on. Bob is he was focused on that forever when he got in that job. He's like, we need technology. I'm buying Pixar. Steve Jobs is better than Disney animation and I'm finding a way to make it work. And guess what? Pixar has Finding Nemo. It has Toy Story. It has Coco. It has the, the purchase. Everyone looked at it, even the Disney board and said, that makes no sense. We're not doing that. We don't need them. We're Disney animation. And Bob looked at it as that's technology. And I'm embracing it. And I'm going to show you I'm embracing it by spending $7.4 billion in technology. You're either on or you're off. Let's go. And that's what you need to do with technology right now. Dude, that's so good. And I love what you talk about being a practitioner because there's so much power in that. When as, as all these webinars are going out right now and companies are saying, hey, do a webinar on social media and they have their marketing VP do a webinar on social media, it's super obvious whether they actually use social media or not effectively because you can tell, are they reading canned slides that are removed from any personal context or are they sharing out of experiential knowledge that they have. When, when you talk to someone that's sharing out of experiential knowledge, like no one can argue with your story, right? So like you might disagree with my methods, but, but you can't argue with the results I've gotten based on the story that I have. And I think that there's such immense power there as a leader to jump in head first when it comes to this technology. Well, the other thing to that too that I just add quickly 
is you don't have to be the expert. I don't want leaders listening to this right now thinking I've never been on social media. I can't stand Facebook. I leave that to my spouse or to others just to have all that stuff going on. I've never joined LinkedIn because I'm a firm believer that we shake hands in person. You hear this all the time. I don't have time to do that. That's okay. It does not mean that you cannot change the trajectory of your company. In fact, what it means is you just need to apply these principles that we're talking about even more. And what that could look like as a team is something like this. And that's the beauty about technology. Give me a green check if you would like to share how you have utilized social media to grow your audience. Give me a green check if you would like to share how you have utilized LinkedIn to connect with prospects. And you know what you do? This is what I'm good at because I'm not smart. And I, I, I mean that by like, I, I love, I'm a reporter. I just report what I hear. That was Bob Iger's story. I had nothing to do with the Pixar deal. So I just share it. But I do the same thing. And that's why I call it a facilitator. So I'll say, give me a green check. Tim, you put the green check up. And I say, Tim, thanks so much for the green check. Go ahead and share with the class how you utilize LinkedIn to connect with prospects. And if you're on video, you can see me. What I do is I'll literally step back and then that conversation just happens. And then maybe somebody poses a question and it's so tempting for you to either jump on that question or say, I don't know the answer to that. So what you could say is give me a raised hand if you can help Tim with this question. That's mm-hmm. adult learning. And the cool part about this innovative space is it's like your kids with TikTok or whoever, like they know more about that than you know. So don't try to sit there and pretend like you know it all. Say, listen, I don't know. I'm willing to learn. I don't know it all. And that's why I want to listen to you all on how you utilize it. You can go through a training like that and you leave away as the facilitator with more notes probably than some of the students, but it's super helpful to the entire uh, journey of trying to adapt digitally. Oh, I love it, man. Okay. So I want to put you on the spot here. So, so you have, you've sat in and I mean, probably thousands of, of webinars for people that are nervous about, about leading a webinar for the first time or they're uncomfortable. I want you to tell a story. What's the worst fail that you have had yourself or seen somebody else have on a webinar just to reassure people that it's not the end of the world. This one's great. Uh, (laughs) I, I thought about this. And so we used to do our webinars on WebEx and there's a feature in WebEx where you could either dial in and then do like a conference code and all that similar to zoom, or you could have the meeting call you. And what you do is you type in your phone number Well, my uh, work line through Skype was having some issues. So I dialed in through my cell phone and it's an 860 Connecticut number. It's through my work uh, phone, even though at the time I was based in Nashville and I called myself into the meeting, but I misdialed my number. So I put like 860, I missed the last digit. And I'm sitting there thinking, and you probably do this if you're on technology, like dang it, Zoom or WebEx again, you're having issues. And I just did it once nothing happened. I did it twice. Didn't receive a call because that's what you're supposed to get. I did it a third time and I thought, oh my goodness, I'm putting in the wrong number. This isn't a live webinar. I have a co-host in there right now. I got disconnected from my main line. So finally I get into the call and I hear Gary say, Ryan, is that you? I said, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I typed in the wrong number. And he said, I know we had a guy on here who said, stop effing calling me again. I don't want to take your call or your call. And I lost it. And we, at this point, we were in a 30 week program. It was 16 weeks in. So at that time, like everyone knew who we were. So maybe that made it feel better because it never happened. But I I tell you the 860 number, because I want you to picture a guy from Connecticut, like New York, (laughs) Connecticut, right? They're so mad. It's not like he calls someone down South. They're like, please don't call me anymore. (laughs) This guy was furious. And Gary, the way he said it was just incredible. 
Um, that's one that I have not forgotten. It was 100% my fault and it <laughs> happened and the class got a laugh out of it. Uh, once I came back on there. Oh dude, that's great. So, okay. So I had one the other day, I'll share one for me and this was in a one-on-one call. So I'm in a one-on-one call and I was sharing my screen for something. We've been talking for a while and I forgot that my screen was still shared, which I'm sure this has happened to you guys before. <laughs> so I've got a MacBook. So my text messages are, are tied to it. And I was running late on this call and I had, I had something very important that was somewhere else. And, and so I, I got a, uh, I, I looked at the time and I opened up my text messages and said, hey, I'm on a call trying to get off and I'll talk to you soon. I hit send. And then the guy on the other line is like, whoa, is that about me? And I was like, oh my gosh, like, no. And you know what? I just had to own it. I just said, dude, I'm so sorry about that. That was horribly rude. Um, I've got somewhere that I need to be, but I would love to, I, I, I'm, I'm going to put that off. That was, I, I, I have as much time as you need. And we spent about another 20 minutes on the call and he laughed about it. But I felt like such an idiot. And you know what? Like, I think that when that stuff happens to you, you just got to own it. You just say, yep, I'm sorry. That was rude. And, uh, yeah. I'm here. I'm focused. Let's just, let's finish. You know, you bring up a good point with the screen share. And then we also have a best practice within uh, our company to where we don't start. There's settings in zoom where you don't start with the camera on. <laughs> I haven't had the experience, but many people have of just whatever you could imagine that just pops on a camera right away. And you're in a, like a professional environment. So everyone has to manually turn their camera on if they want it. That's a setting that we've had. Cause that, that stuff happens uh, from time to time. It, it, another thing that comes up and this could be, uh, if you have a larger group, you'll mute all. One of the things that I like to do, Tim, I don't know if this is a best practice, so feel free to throw this to the side. I like to keep the lines unmuted if I can. So what I'll say is, hey, I'm keeping the lines unmuted. If you're expecting background noise, go ahead and mute your line. Now, I will revoke that privilege immediately if I start getting background noise. But typically on Zoom, I could s- sniff that out quick because the person floats to the top if there's background noise. And the reason why I like to keep it open is so you're not speaking to the wall. I love the moving the papers around. I love if someone's maybe typing and whether it's notes or in the chat box, it makes it feel like there is life and breath in the classroom. So I try to do that the best that I can. Now you can talk to other instructors and other people leading calls and they're like, mute all lines. I don't want to hear it. But to me, it's so silent and it takes the culture. It sucks the culture right out of the classroom and the energy. And I kind of like that in the background. So that's personal preference. But if you are freaking out about talking to the wall and it's silence, you could try that and you can keep if I would say max, you'd probably only want to do that with like 15 or 20 people because after that, it is difficult to manage the audio. Um, yeah. And I, that, I thought about that because you talked about fails. There's been a lot of things shouted in the background of my webinars that um, I try not to. I try to keep the culture in the classroom as with adult learning very uh What's the word I'm looking for? Self-esteem is important for adults. You don't want to call people out directly. And so if something like that happens, I'll say something along. Like I've had curses in the background. And I'll say, hey, just remember to mute your line. Uh, let's keep this PG. And typically for an adult, they get it and they're done. Yeah. If that yeah. happens over and over, uh, then you got to reach out to them. Um, but that's another thing that I wanted to just share with everybody is keep that confidence high. Because if you revoke that confidence from them, if you take their confidence away, they're not going, they're very, very likely not going to share in the future. And it, that's, that's your best asset in a classroom is the adult learner. You've seen it in our calls that yeah. we do. There's so much knowledge out there to share. And I, I want to make sure that anybody who's running a call like that, that they give permission to the students to share that knowledge in a way that's structured and valuable for everybody. 
Yeah. Oh, that's really good. Okay, Ryan, so I want to talk about this as we close out here. So obviously you've got amazing expertise when it comes to video calls, webinars, because that's your day job, but you've got this awesome podcast that you run, Rise with Ryan. Can you talk about what you've been diving into specifically in your podcast during the COVID crisis? Yes. The COVID crisis has been tough for a lot of people. And one of the things I said on a podcast is we're all in the same storm, but we're all in different boats. Uh, There is one of the things that I really wanted to focus on during this time. And it's tough, man. I've struggled with this, but how do you utilize this time? I always say life echoes your decisions. Again, I don't say that. I heard it from Ed Milet. Now I say it. Uh, But pretty much what that says is what you sow is what you're going to reap. Life will echo your decisions. And I've really put out this challenge to my audience of what can you do during this time that will result in a positive echo in the future? And when I say the future, when the storm has passed, there's going to be folks who took advantage of it and were able to rise to a new level because of it. Now, that doesn't mean work, look inwardly and be selfish and only focus on yourself. Who can you give to during this time? And how can that be echoed in the future? Or how can you focus on your finances during this time? And how can that be echoed in the future? So we've been talking about the wheel of life was a big thing that I went through. That's something that I learned uh, when I first got into the personal development space, a mentor just opened up for me. I don't know if you're the same or if you were, Uh, I'm a high achiever and I just focused on career so much and I put so much weight in that. And then he shared the wheel of life and how life is more than just career. It's your spiritual health, physical health, emotional health. So I did a check series on, Hey, where are you at? And where do you want to be? Uh, leadership has been a big topic as well. Boiling it down to that individual level though, on how you can lead yourself. So I took Bob Iger's principles that Disney uses and put it into the individual level. Uh, and one of them is optimism. So I bring up the question, how can you be optimistic during this time as an individual? Because I believe if you can't lead others effectively, if you don't lead yourself well. Yeah. So we've been talking a lot about, uh, a lot about that during this time. And the other part of this is talking about how much it stinks to go through this. Uh, That's one thing that I've struggled with, um, even connecting with people in the classroom early and then just in general. People, I heard this once and it said, uh, kind of like our conversation, if you're one-on-one with somebody, it said um, like fear, shame, and guilt. That's the doorway to letting people into you. And until you let people know that you're not perfect, and that you've gone through these struggles and that you know, you're currently facing this challenge right now, you're going to have this wall and people aren't going to be able to connect with you. I have a note here. It says people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's been a big part of my journey during this time too is saying like, hey, I'm struggling with this too. I'm, it's, I'm not perfect. I'm working my butt off to try to be but there's things that I'm going through during this time too. And it's really been more of a sense of community. So you'll hear, if you listen to recent episodes, it's not, Hey, this is coming from Ryan. I've learned it from somebody. Try this in your life. It's been more of let's do this together. You heard that on today's episode. Yep. Let's just try this together and see if it can help. It may, it may not, but Hey, we got a nice community here and we're all in this together and we're going to see what we can get on the other side. Yeah. And that's so good. and, And where is it that people can find these podcasts? They're pretty much everywhere, right? Yeah. So I use, we were talking about earlier, I use Anchor, which blasts it everywhere. iTunes is by far the most downloaded, but you can get it on Spotify as well. And then anywhere else, Google Play, anywhere else you can find podcasts. And that's Rise with Ryan, R-Y-S-E with Ryan. And I'm telling you guys, you need to listen to this. It's, it's a pick me up every morning that's going to focus and clarify what you're doing for the day. 
I appreciate that. Yeah, listen in and uh, we'll be there every single weekday for you. So that way we can get you going on the right foot. And uh, selfishly, like I said, I need it too. We all need pick-me-ups to get the day going. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I appreciate you being here today. You gave tremendous value to our audience. So thanks a ton for stopping by. Absolutely. And the only other thing I'll add, Tim, is you can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram. Uh, I know this is a journey and it's not going to end just with the COVID crisis. If you are embracing technology and you have questions on best practices in the online classroom, uh, you talked about it earlier, Tim, reach out to me. I'll give you some resources so that way you can get after it and uh, serve your customers well, whether it's in person or virtually. Sounds good. Well, I'll make sure to put your information in the show notes so people can get it. Love it. Thanks for having me, Tim. Thanks, man. We'll see you later. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation with Ryan. I thought it was terrific. And there's a couple things that I want to highlight right here that were just amazing nuggets that Ryan brought to the table. You know, number one, don't mention the technology. It's funny. I I never would have put my finger on it before hearing him say it. But it makes so much sense. There's nothing more uncomfortable and annoying than being in a webinar and someone's going, okay, um, okay, so we're, we're going to go to the next slide. Wait, okay, do you guys, did you guys open up the chat? Now, un, unmute yourself if, if you want to say something. That absolutely kills the momentum of the webinar. And, and I think that he hit it dead on that what you want to do in digital communication is make it feel like it's physical interaction. And so little things like that, like having your camera on, leaving the mute button off, not referencing the technology, that will go so far towards making a connection with people. I can think about a Zoom call that I actually had earlier today where I was caught up in the moment, I was connecting with a dealer, and and we were swept away in ironing out the best practices for their business, and it felt like we were in the same room. I think that the idea of not mentioning technology is really important if you're going to do that with whoever you're talking to. You know, another thing I thought was great is if you're in a one-on-one sales interaction with a customer where you're used to being in their house and now you're connecting over Zoom or GoToMeeting or whatever the platform is, acknowledge that it's weird. I think that little things like this can build so much common ground with a customer. You know, if a customer is willing to schedule a video consultation with you right now, they're serious. Like most people don't just open up their camera and let strangers into their house via Zoom. And so the customer's serious, but they're also probably a little bit nervous. And so for you to open it up and say, yeah, this is kind of weird that we're doing this over the computer versus in person. I think that's one way to put the customer at ease, move you both to the same side of the table where you've both got this same common experience and you're attacking the problem together, which is the fact that we got to figure out how to get a fireplace in this house. If you can do those things, I guarantee you're going to be connecting better and better with your customers. Now, what this brings up is something that we've talked about a little bit this season in the podcast, and it's the fact that right now, every company has to have a digital sales funnel. And this means you better have chat installed on your website. And when you engage customers via chat, don't just say something cold and stale like, hi there, let us know if you have any questions. Don't do that. Say something that has meaning and connection like, hi, my name's Tim. I'm a real person working from home during the crisis. I'd love to answer any questions that you have. Say things that connect with people. As we use digital technology and a digital sales funnel more and more, we have to remember that these are tools to help us connect. If we're not using them to connect, it's going to go downhill.
Now, obviously, we've talked about video consultations, but this idea of the digital sales funnel is something that every company needs to take seriously because when this crisis is over, I'm telling you, things are not going to go back to the way they were. There are digital conveniences that we have discovered in the COVID-19 crisis, and our businesses are going to be expected to continue that. So I hope you guys got tremendous value out of this conversation. I know that I did in talking to Ryan. I'll mention to you that if you want to support this podcast financially, you can go to patreon.com slash it's fire time. That's patreon.com slash it's fire time. And we appreciate every single one of you that is supporting this podcast financially. These funds allow us to outsource administrative work on the podcast so that we can deliver higher quality and better content every single season. So with that in mind, I hope you guys have an amazing rest of the week connecting with your customers digitally, and I cannot wait to see you next time on the Firetime Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all into